Hey guys, welcome back to the show where we talk about your psychology, what goes on in between your ears. Speaking of ears, I have an earplug in. I just keep earplugs in when I work typically. I don't know, I can hear myself better. Yeah, manage what's in between your ears. You know, don't just focus on the symptoms, focus on the causes, the conditions that give rise to the effect to the symptoms as you experience them, which is, you know, pretty much what nobody else does. Uh, okay, so your mission, right? We know it's really good advice to find a mission in your life, something that you're interested in, something that you can work on, something that you can make money in and really care about. Uh, that's great advice. I really want you to do that. Most guys who read that, though, and they learn, oh, yeah, it's, it's good to have a mission. They don't have a mission. Why do most people don't really have a mission or something they really care about? That's the question. Um, and if it was just a couple people who would learn about a mission and then not go on to make a mission, you'd say, okay, well, whatever. Maybe, maybe there's just something wrong with them. But it turns out it's most people. I would say it's probably 95% of people. So why is that? I mean, the real question is, how do we get to the, uh, to the psychological place from which it's natural to pick your own mission. So you, that's when you guys start looking, learning about your psychology. You think, oh, well, look, there's these uh, things called anger and anxiety that maybe I really don't know how to manage. And because it makes it difficult for me to manage them, it's going to make it difficult for me to pick something and stick with it and have the you know discipline, have the focus to stick with it. There's also these stages of separation. Oh, it turns out I still have these issues with my parents. I haven't worked through these issues with my parents. And that's getting in the way. Because on one hand, I'm trying to pick a mission, but also I'm, I'm trying to do something that would make them happy or, or what they would think would cool or was cool, even implicitly. E even if it's just I don't want to do anything that they would hate or they would criticize me for because oh, I just can't deal with that. Okay. So now you're not really picking a mission. You're, you're trying to pick a mission while manage your parents' emotions. Oh, well, that's, you know, it's going to be very difficult. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how many times you read about how important it is to have a mission on some Mindset Bros blog, Twitter account. You know, you're set up to fail from the beginning because you're always working against yourself. I want you to clear up those issues and then you get to the, and then you realize, oh, what I want to do is very simple. It's something that I was probably interested in late childhood or early adolescence and something I have a knack for. Well, you probably have a knack with for it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been interested in it at such a young age. It's like, OK, this is your interest. Now you just pour your libido in that interest, time and energy. And like, do you even need to think about a mission anymore? I mean, just the fact that you need to think about it says that there's some issues at play. So I, that's all a way of saying, okay, that went a little long. I get it. But that's just all a way of saying that's what we do here. Uh, so this question we have this week from a listener. Thank you guys for these animus at animusempire.com if you have a question or just reach out. There, there's a contact form on the website. So this question is essentially, he doesn't say this, but how to talk to idiots. <laughs> right? So his... Uh, says that people talk his ear off um how to talk to emotional idiots maybe that's a more a specific way of saying it but less fun so he's talking to people who talk their his ear off 
and he really can't get a word in edgewise. And when he sees people do get a word in edgewise, he sees people just talking back and forth, talking about their own issue, you know, not listening, waiting for their turn to talk. He sees a lot of that kind of communication that he doesn't want to be a part of. He says, and people don't listen well, and <clears throat> they can't really stick to a topic well. That's another issue. Unless it's about them in a, in a wallow in me way, then they'll stick with that topic. We'll address that. And then the third part of the question is, yeah, this makes uh, this listener feel lo lonely and he wonders whether it's a function of his issue um, and wanting something from them or is it that these people are crazy? Well, both true, <laughs> typically. Um, both are true. You know, uh, the place where I used to live uh, up in San Mateo, there is a... I would walk to the gym. I was close enough to the gym where I could walk to it, so I thought that was awesome. I guess I could still do that here. It's a little bit farther. Oof, that was a drive. Um, and I was walking home, and this lady was backing out of her driveway in her car. And if I didn't see her, she would have hit me. There's no question that, uh, that she would have hit me if I didn't see her. So I stopped, and she pulled out. And when she pulled out, she realized, oh, there's this dude here. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I, I guess I remember it because I was, she was driving in the same direction I was walking. And she's like, has the window rolled down. And she's on the left side. I'm on her left side. She has the windows rolled down apologizing to me. And uh, I guess I just think of it because, yeah, lady, you're right. I mean, if I wasn't paying attention, then I would have gotten hurt. You would have run me over. Uh, but... Also, I saw you. So that indicates that, yeah, it's your responsibility to, to look for people who you're going to hit, but it's my responsibility to see you. So if I did get hit, would it be my responsibility still? Even though all the change would have come from her end. Yeah, of course. And why do I bring that up is because, oh yeah, yeah, so whose fault is it, right? I mean, I guess the common scenario here is you're at... Not not a yeah you're at um, a wedding, and not even a secondary wedding, but a tertiary wedding. It's like you, your wife's <clears throat> roommate from college, who she hasn't talked with in five years, right? <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's whose wedding you're at, um, and then you just sit down at these tables, and they, you know they put you in the the spare parts, you know, like the broken toys table of the people who almost didn't get an invitation. And then you're sitting next to some lady who you just talked with or, or you just met <clears throat> and you got to talk with her. Right? So how, how do you deal with people in these situations when they just want to talk, they can't hear themselves, or they can't hear how they drone on as, I, as I'm drone on right now. So how do you do this? Well, <clears throat> what you do is... You listen. I mean, if these people want to talk, if it's really important for them to talk your ear off, then why don't you listen? Honestly. I mean, take an active role in listening. You know, what we talk about here often and how to work through your emotional issues is how, how do you communicate? That's how, that's how you work through your issues is you communicate with other people, meaning, <clears throat> or the implication is that you're the one who's always speaking. You need to talk about your emotions in order for you to work through them, and you need to talk about them in this healthy way that we do. 
But that's only one half of communication or connection, right? The other half is listening. So you listen in the same way that you connect, right? I mean, you, you learn facts about the other person. If, if they want to talk about themselves, learn facts about them. Everybody in this world has something that's interesting about them. Something. Everybody in this world, no matter how low you think they are on the social hierarchy compared with your position, no matter how low they are, they have something to teach you. So if somebody wants to talk, just ask them questions. Learn how they feel about it. Ask them, you know, probe them. Oh, that happened. How do you feel about that? And then, of course, why do you feel that way? Just keep going, and sometimes you can't get past the facts. They just ping off the emotions, and that's fine. That's where they are, asking questions about the facts. Imagine what their emotions were like when they experienced those facts. Even if they can't, you know, they don't have the awareness to relay that information. And when you do talk, talk about your emotion or how you would feel in that situation. You're still talking about them, and you're keeping the focus on them, but you're just bringing yourself into it. But then if they can talk about it, I know I'm just getting like really like like the mystery method. You guys remember that? There's like, like steps to picking up a girl. There's steps to this. You don't have to go in this order, but these are just general concepts to think about. Um, so let's say they can talk about their emotions, but they can't talk about why. Right? Then you, you share your emotions or how you relate emotionally, even if your experience is different with that emotion, and why you have the emotions. You're still talking about them. The focus is still on them, so they're not going to freak out. But you're really doing a great job connecting. You're, you're, you're just bringing your, you're like, oh, yep, let's talk about that. Let's come, you know, bring this up, emotional thread up that I have and then right back to you. I think it can be really helpful. And then the next stage, right? If, if they're not, if they can talk about the why, but they have a difficult time <clears throat> taking responsibility. I mean, most people... Now, people will implicitly take responsibility, but nobody would say, oh, here I take responsibility. Well, it's ultimately my responsibility because... Um, so then, you know, you've already talked about why you have that emotion. You talk about your responsibility in it, how it is your responsibility, right? <clears throat> uh, that's... That's what happens. But what happens if, you know, if they, if they do wallow in things, if they're not taking responsibility and they are wallowing and <clears throat> another way of going about it would just be to make jokes about it. Perhaps even at their expense. You know, wallow with them in a sarcastic way. Uh, I, this is a great book that I learned. I mean, one of the first books I ever read on therapy. Maybe even before I even picked up Jung. So I may, may have been 19. And it's called Provocative Therapy. And it's right there. Whatever, I'm not going to get it. It's called Provocative Therapy. And it's all about just using humor and direct <clears throat> way of speaking to people to help them through their issues. Um, and I always liked it because, you know, I like making fun of people. So this is, oh, a helpful way I can make fun of people. And I think this is what you do in just regular conversation. You, you can do it in therapy, but you can do it in regular uh, conversation. <clears throat> like um, You can talk about how, you know, complaining. Yeah, complaining, that's way more fun anyway. Right? I mean, there's just, it's kind of making fun of you too because you're bringing yourself in it, but it's ma making fun of them. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, if somebody's talking about an issue that they, this is something that I do. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I've used it on several occasions. 
uh, if somebody's just going on about an issue, I, I, I speak about some, like some uh, perpetual problem that I have, you know, that I can't get rid of, hence it's per perpetual. <laughs> I talk about my back fat. I'm like, oh yeah, I got this back fat. You know, it's like you're talking about your problems with your mom or this. Oh yeah, I got this back fat that's just not going away. After I turned 37, no, it just, <laughs> that was it, right? And I, I just think back fat, that phrase or that combination of, of those two words is funny. Um, so that's how you work through it, right? And this other, uh, <clears throat> you know, yeah, so, so that's how you, you know, make this manageable when you're at the, this tertiary wedding talking to this person you never know you're never going to see again. They want to talk, you know, ask some questions about themselves. People, everybody loves to talk about themselves, especially me. <laughs> that's why, how long are, okay, yeah. So, and maybe they're shy, right? Maybe they're, they're not talking at all and they're shy. Well, just asking questions. I mean, generally the rule is a thumb is don't ask somebody more than three questions, but <laughs> unless they ask you a question back, then you can, right? Then that's a sign they want to talk. But I don't know. Like, if you're at a wedding, like, what, what does it matter? Uh, you're never going to see this person again. Just just badger their ear off. Ask them. Ask them about their life. It may not, it may not be, uh, you know, like the most, smooth way to have a conversation with somebody and like oh that's not cool I, I think we get stuck in life sometimes especially dudes because we we don't want to look uncool it's like oh yeah I could do that and that would help me but I might look a little bit less smooth than I want to look you know so I'm not going to do it well now you're not going to do it and we're stuck here because you're fixated on this like James Bond idea of coolness, which nobody is, except for me. And <clears throat> the other thing is, oh yeah, he was asking if this is an unhealthy need. Well, I do think this is an unhealthy need in this one particular situation because it seems like, okay, the healthy need is the need to be heard. That is a healthy need. The unhealthy need is I'm in this one particular situation with this one person at this tertiary wedding and they're not hearing me, right? Because that, that impinges on them. That essentially says you need to be a certain way for me to get my needs met. My response, the responsibility for my life is somewhat within your boundary, which we know metaphysically cannot exist if we are even discussing these issues in the first place. If we're even able to discuss these issues in the first place, I'm going to go get my book for explication on that. Right? You know, um, very similar to, you know, the girlfriend thing, right, that I talk about. It's a, it's a healthy need to have a girlfriend. But if you think your need is, if you want this one particular girl to be your girlfriend, that's an unhealthy need. Right? And that's when you get, like, desperate and weird and manipulative and you start lying. You're, you're doomed from the beginning. You know, the, the need was ultimately unhealthy. And what you do is you say, oh, this, this girl seems interesting. I want to connect with her and, and see what she's like. See if you can have a non-boring, you know, more natural conversation. A conversation where you don't have to think about doing any of these things. It just kind of happens naturally. I mean, I'm just breaking down a healthy communication, connection, way of expressing emotions. That's all. You know, I'm just saying the same thing in a bunch of different ways. Uh, and, and the other thing I want to do or, or want to say about this is like an, a little technique. And this is what you do in therapy. But it's a great way to have a conversation with somebody, especially somebody who you just are bored with. Or 
they keep going on different digressions and can't stick to one topic. So what you do in therapy um, is you can try to keep the person, on, the client on, on the topic. Um, uh, as for as long as you can. But if they jump off to another topic, I, I mean, often, I mean, the way I learned therapy, the way that I was trained is, you try to keep somebody on a topic as long as possible. And even if they try to go up off to another topic, you know, you got to bring it back to this topic. And, and I think that just shows a lack of a, a, an inability to decipher themes, deeper emotional. I, I think it's a sign of uh, inability to think conceptually. Because so what if somebody goes off on another topic and then on another topic? I mean, uh, w w when you look at a healthy conversation, um, it, it looks like, you know, it's not like, oh, I talk about one topic and then another and then another and then, you know, in this linear, you know, analytical, very dude brain kind of way, it's braided. It's you bring up three topics in the first five minutes or four topics, you know, in the first five minutes, 10 minutes. And then the rest of the time, you're just braiding through those topics. And so a good way to listen is if you're braiding topics, yeah, bring it back to another topic. So you're listening to what this person is saying and it seems to be a digression, but they're probably saying something similar. There's some emotional content there that's similar. So this is a good way, I think, to get an edgewise because you're still talking about what they're talking about, the previous topic, um, but you're the one bringing it back and saying, oh, it's kind of like this thing that happened here. I mean, this, this is what I do in therapy. Uh, it's not 100% of my technique, um, but I think that's a big part of what I do. And then from there, of course, we can find deeper, even deeper patterns than just one that connects those two situations. We can find a pattern that connects all situations. And that's what we can help you with here. And we do that by, um, you know, first knowing what emotions are, getting very clear about that. And then, okay, because emotions are this way, how do we communicate emotions? And through this communication of, I mean, that's what I say. When you communicate through emotions, you become more aware. So <clears throat> what is that awareness? I think there's a deeper emotional thread that we need to figure out. And you present in therapy with these symptoms of oh, procrastination. I don't have enough discipline, too much internet porn, these obsessive thoughts, these compulsive behaviors, oh, all this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. That all exists and that's real. And we need to <clears throat> talk through even that in a particular way. But those are symptoms. Let's get very clear. Those are symptoms of a way that you mismanage emotions. And that's what we're going to uh, do in therapy. Um, so thank you guys. Um, I'll leave it there. And I guess <clears throat> if you continue to find yourself in conversations with lame people on a consistent basis, then you may be the one who's lame. <laughs>